Welcome you to Capital City Church. It's great to see you. such a packed house. Wow, it's incredible. It's awesome, right? Such an exciting day, right? Amen. Um, we're just going to keep things moving this morning. Um, i like to invite you to just worship freely, whether that means sitting or standing, whatever is most comfortable for you. Whatever is most comfortable for you. Let's just pray. Father God, we just thank you, Lord. You are worthy of all that we have in you. God, we just pray your way in this room this morning in a very special way. God, I know that we're all coming from different walks this week. And God, I pray that somehow, some way, we may be able to just put those things aside just for a little bit and look up that we may call upon the one who is worthy give you all the praise that you are worth. God, we want to get to know you. We want you to meet us here. In your name we pray, Lord.
Well, good morning, Capital City Church. It is, uh, it is fantastic to be with you. Um, my name is Jacob Barker, and I am the former pastor of Hope Central Church. And I say former pastor because we are one now, and, uh, and so we're excited. A thought crossed my mind today, and I, th I thought about this a little bit, and I thought, you know, if you walked in today and someone's sitting in your seat, listen, listen to me, people, listen to me, consider it a divine calling and a reminder from an almighty God that his church is growing, all right? And not only that, not only is his church growing, he picked you and your seat to be part of the growth movement. God bless him. Fantastic. Hey, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a quick run, rundown, a recap of what the last three years has been like for our church and what's really led us here. And maybe you're new here today, uh, and maybe you're not a part of Hope Central, maybe you're not a part of Cap City, and you're like, what is this guy talking about? All right, and so real quick, rundown. Uh, Hope Central Church is the church that I used to pastor. Um, last week we had our last service and we brought everybody over here and we are joining the calls for Christ here at Capital City Church, okay? And so that's what we are doing here. That's what it's all about. But for me, the story starts about three years ago. And in 2019, I took over a church that my father had pastored for 25 years. Um, it was called Brown Road Community Church, and when I took over, uh, I didn't know what I was doing, fair enough, but God gave me three directives. He said, clean it up, move it forward, and align it with a church and or denomination, and three years ago, I really had no clue what that would look like for our church, and so little by little, we would begin to pray on what that would look like, and in 2019, uh, I was in the first year of ministry. And I, I had no idea that my first year I'd get a global pandemic, right? Like, praise the Lord, that was a fun way to break into the ministry. And so from the moment I went in, I just began to pray, like, Lord, give me direction, give me purpose. Uh, help me to really do what the people need, what the church needs. Early in the process, I felt this very clear directive that God just, he wanted me to clean it up, move it forward and align it with the denomination. Over the last three years, we did just that. Within the first six months, we sold a piece of property and paid off the mortgage. The church is completely and totally debt-free. We paid off the mortgage, we, we updated the sound system, we put in new chairs, we painted the whole facility, we built a brand new coffee cafe, we built a new playground, and we were building community relations. We had a healthy, strong, vibrant church. I say that because so many times when we talk about joining together, people are like, well, what's wrong? Nothing's wrong. God's on the move. And we're thankful for that. We had baptisms. We had baby dedications. We had people rededicating their lives. We had new people joining the church. There was nothing wrong. We were, we were doing great. But as, as the time progressed, I realized we had done everything. We had done the updates. We had, uh, we had brought the church forward, and now we were kind of in that final stage. We were in year three at the start of 2022, 
God says you need to align with the denomination. You need to align with the church. This is what God's calling us to. And I said, all right, Lord. I said, where do you want us to go? What do you want us to do? Over the last three years, we had explored partnerships with other churches. We had, we had read books on the topic. Our leadership team had been praying about it. We had considered multi-site with other churches. We were exploring these options. And God brought us to 2022. I knew that this was the year. In 2022, the church started doing something different, though. Every Sunday before I would preach, we would take a posture of prayer. And it's, it's very similar to kind of your guys' time of prayer that you do in your service. And, and before I would preach, we would get down on our knees as a whole congregation, and we would just pray for one specific thing. We'd say, Lord, that the Holy Spirit might fall on this place. And we did that for about six months. And, and, and when you start getting on your knees before God on a weekly and daily basis, uh, don't be surprised if God disrupts your life. Right, right. We, we, we prayed that for three years. Lord, let us grow. Lord, let us be part of a vibrant church. Lord, let us make an impact in our community. If you had told us three years ago I'd be selling my father's church and coming and joining another church, I'd be like, no way. But who are we to tell God what to do? His plans are so much bigger and so much better and so much more beautiful than we could ever imagine. But also, around July, God gave me a phrase. And it was a simple phrase. It's not about you. I said, Jacob, it's not about you. And then I told my congregation, it's not about you. And I'm lovingly telling you, it's not about you. It's about him. That's the only reason we're here. It's the only reason we're here. We surrender everything else because we say it's about him. And so, I, so with all these thoughts rushing through my head, I'm standing in a worship service. And, and we're about to sing the song, New Wine. And one of our young people who is on stage leading worship and helping us, she gives a testimony about how we need to be new wineskins and we need to be flexible and we need to be willing to expand with what God is calling us to do. And as I'm standing there singing the song with my hands in the air, God gives me this, this, this feeling and he impresses on my spirit, Jacob, this building is old wineskins. I mean, just, I mean, it, it, it shocked me, and, and, I, and as I'm standing there, I, I said, Lord, I don't know what this really means. Does this mean that I'm supposed to move on as the pastor? Does this mean we're supposed to sell this? I mean, surely this is the, the church that my father built 25 years ago. It's been established for 80 plus years. Surely, Lord, you're not telling me to sell the building. So I put it off for a couple days, and I just processed it, and I prayed about it. Three days later, Pastor Jonathan texted me, and I want to get this right because I think it's important. He texted me, and he said this, simple words, sell hope, merge with Cap City, and build the kingdom. And I'm going to be, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's funny because in my mind I go, nah, man, <laughs> that's crazy. In my mind for that moment, 
I was thinking, hey, we had talked, like we had talked about partnerships. We had talked about doing activities with Tap City. We had talked about worship nights and everything like that. We had talked about being together. But selling the building, doing that, some, doing something that radical. And so I responded very simply to him, I have COVID, I'll talk to you later. I just like, and so for the next week while I was laying in, in my bed sick, I started thinking of all the reasons to and not to do it. And I went through every person on my membership and, and I, I did a time study of how much it would affect their commute. Not affecting anybody by more than 10 minutes. And I said, surely someone can add an extra 10 minutes to their Sunday for the movement of God. And so I got with Pastor Jonathan and we walked through the facility. He kind of began to cast some of the vision and what it would look like. And I left here and I told him, I said, hey, I think it's an awesome idea, but I'm going to be honest. It's not about me. I said, I have to do what's best for the congregation. I have to do what's best for the board. It's their church. I serve the church. And I said, so let me talk to them. One by one, I was amazed. One by one, I would talk to a board member. I would talk to a church member. And I remember sitting in the board member. I remember sitting in a board meeting. And one of my, my longest running board members who have been with the church for 25 years looked at me and said, let's do it. Talked to another board member. They said, let's do it. Talked to the third board member, said, let's do it. I'm like, all right, Lord, something's either gone really right or really wrong because it should not be this easy. Because we had originally kind of plotted this for Easter. And God kept moving up the time frame. And I've learned to just get out of the way of the Holy Spirit when he's moving like that. Once again, though, God's reminding me it's, it's not about me. You see, our church, they had resolved in their hearts that our mission was beyond the scope of 1553 Brown Road. And if we wanted to do something big for the kingdom, then this option afforded us the best opportunity for growing God's kingdom in the southern Columbus area. August 14th, we had a joint worship service here, and it was fire. I'm just going to be honest. It was a great worship service. And once again, I was reminded that the same spirit that dwells at Hope Central is the same spirit that is here at Tap City. One spirit, one God, one church. Jonathan told me to keep this brief, but if you all keep clapping, it's going to take longer. All that was left was to allow the members of the church to vote. In the meantime, I remember sitting in front of my vision board in my office, and I have a, a recliner that faces a vision board, and it's how I write my sermons, and I, I write all kinds of ideas, and I'm... I'm, I'm writing all the pros and cons to joining the church. And I remember sitting there in my office, in my father's old office, the church that my father had built 25 years ago or 20 years ago, sitting in this building. And I just asked a simple question. I said, Lord, what about my father's legacy? 
Once again, he spoke to me. And he said, your father's legacy isn't a building. Your father's legacy is the people that he has invested in over the last 25 years and raised up in Christ. It's not about a building, folks. Once again, reminding me it's not about me. On September 11th, we cast a vote. After some questions and discussions, the church members voted unanimously, 100%, to come over here and join Capital City Church. Last week, I made it very clear that when we turn the key for the last time, we are not Hope Central. I said, from here on out, we are Capital City Church. So we are joining in one heart and one mind with this church to do something big for the kingdom. As Paul says, we forget what is behind and we press towards the mark, which is the high calling of Christ. In this season, God has revealed to me that the church is about people and buildings are nothing but a place to gather. He has taught me that it is not about me, but it is all about him. What you will find in the people that have come with me, in case you're wondering about the people of Hope Central, because none of them will probably speak from a pulpit in the same way I will. They will have different interactions with you. But these people are loving, kind, generous souls. And I want you to understand this. They are loving, kind, generous souls who have willingly laid down their church through love and compassion and a desire to please an almighty God. They have put all their cards on the table to serve the will of God. I would challenge you today and ask you, what will you give? What will you surrender in your life to further the kingdom? Will you surrender your will, your control, and your plans so that the glory of God might be revealed? Today marks the first day of another new beginning. What will you surrender to see the kingdom of God come? We have stepped into the unknown, but we find hope knowing that God is in control. We move forward in confidence knowing that God always rewards bold faith. We gather today because we know life is better together. And as Pastor Jonathan comes out, I want to challenge you with this one thought. And I want our people, say it with me, say it with me. We are Capital City. Uh, We can do better. I'm going to say we are, and then you say Capital City as loud as you can, okay? We are good people.
God is a God who moves. He's on the move, right? Not that he, we've seen the church sign that says he doesn't move because if you feel far from God, guess who moved? That's supposed to mean we moved away from God because God's always in the same place, right? Don't get your theology from church signs. <laughs> Our God is a God who moves and he invites us to move with him. He wants to pry us away from anything that might hold us too securely. We must be ready to disconnect at all times. There comes a time when certain things that were undoubtedly good and right in the past must be left behind. There's always the danger that those things might hinder us from moving forward and connecting with the one necessary thing. That is Jesus Christ. That is the most important thing that you can be connected to today is Jesus Christ. When we gave our lives to Christ, when we do give our lives to Christ, we talk about transformation taking place, right? We quote verses like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 that say all things will become new and the old have passed away. We talk about not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the renewing of our minds. But to be transformed implies letting go of control for a little while. Did you know that during this, we'll call it an interim period, this transitional period where two bodies of believers are coming together. People are going to be in your stuff. They're going to be up in your business. They're going to pick something up and put it down in the wrong place. And you were doing that when it was just your church, right? When it was just Cap City, when it was just Hope Central, people were still picking stuff up and not putting it back in the right place. Being transformed implies letting go of control for a little while. I, I just urge you today, brothers and sisters in Christ, there is no more blessed peace that you can find than being willing to just let go of control for a minute. Not while you're driving, right? Like, keep your hands on the wheel. But we do so with the hopeful expectation that something worthwhile might result. We have to ask ourselves this question this morning. Am I willing to cross the threshold of new understanding by being open and receptive, not closed in and defensive? I want to take just a few, few minutes this morning because Jacob really did a great job setting the stage for this new adventure. And, and we'll share from Revelation chapter 3, verses uh, 11 and 12. It's one of the letters written to the church's... Um, in the book of Revelation, it's one of the, the, one of the letters written to the churches. Most specifically, this one is written to the church of Philadelphia, which means brotherly love, to get along, to strive and live together. That's what the Philadelphians were about and why we would name things. That might not be what Philadelphia represents today. So how much more of an appropriate of a letter could we consider this morning than the church of Philadelphia as we come together as two churches becoming one? Our church has had to think about death a lot in the last few weeks. It's been, it's been tough. We've had, we've had five individuals either in our church or a, a first relative, one touch away, pass away in, in a nine-day span. We're still, still doing funerals and still praying for and grieving with those who have lost Death is final. When we think about the fact that we had a march for pro-life this week and, and, and valuing what life is. I mean, we as Christians know there's something else. 
But we also understand there's a finality that comes with death. I heard someone tell me that it, uh, just this week that uh, in Olentangy, it didn't happen this week, but just a couple weeks ago in Olentangy, a teenage girl uh, at Olentangy Liberty Gate that took her life. 16 years, 16 years old. I, I had just, honest, I had just been around the girl just a few weeks before that. She was out laughing, having fun with her friends, and she's gone. Just a little plug for you. Um, I heard a teacher say, you know, video games today, one of the issues that we run into is these kids are learning to shoot people or be shot, and after they get shot, they pop back up. So they don't think it's any big deal. Like, they'll just come back to life. But death is final. And, and really, I, I think that the cycles of life, the seasons of life that God takes us through are for a reason, and, and we are all supposed to be around at different times in our life, around seeing birth taking place and death taking place so that we recognize the temporality of life. But on the other side of that, there's the concept of eternity. How, how long is eternity? Maybe we could think about during these times of death, certain, certainly we are excited about heaven. We're excited about the fact that we can be reunited with those who are with us in Christ and have accepted Christ as their Savior. But even that can be somewhat countered by the fear of, if nothing else, the unknown. It's hard to imagine the place that's described in the Bible as what it would look like in, in, in opposition to where we are today. But Scripture tells us, old things pass away, and this is true in nature, in architecture, in careers, in relationships, and in these mortal bodies. But Christ is always making all things new. That's what he's in the business of. Let's look at Revelation 3 together this morning, verses 11 and 12. Says right to the angel of Philadelphia, I am coming quickly. Hold firmly to what you have, so that no one will take your crown. The one who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God, and he will not, not go out from it anymore. And I will write on him the name of my God, and the name of the city of my God, the new Jerusalem, which comes down out of heaven from my God and my new name. It's interesting the direction that's given to the to the church at Philadelphia there that they're to hold firmly to what they have. Yet it goes on to describe a temple or a structure in heaven that will be absent of so many of the things that we hold on to firmly in this life, in our churches, in our storehouses, in our bank accounts. In these two verses, Jesus starts by dictating to John that he or Jesus is coming quickly and that we are to hold firm to what we have. But of course, he's not talking about physical things, but the faith that we hold on to in Christ. Now, this is neat language. He talks about stones and pillars and holding firm. We, if we were to study the Church of Philadelphia, we would see that they struggled with earthquakes in that area. So when there's an earthquake, you're going to hold on. He was kind of alleviating to them the fact, hey, the ground's going to quit shaking here pretty soon when you get to the other side. When we hold on to things... When we hold on to ideas, when we hold on to structures in the physical more than the spiritual, it keeps us from holding a proper perspective about what our faith in Christ is supposed to look like. Church, it's something I, every single day when I open my Bible, I'm trying to more and more try to see the Bible, try to see the world, try to see the church through the eyes of God. Because I still see so many places where 
my perspective is kind of skewed, where I wonder why on earth I ever thought that the church should do this or that the world should look like that. He then goes on to say that the one who holds on to their faith in Christ, the one who is not overcome by the tempter, the one who endures to the end, we will be called pillars in the temple of God. This is, this is incredibly fascinating to me in the sense that there will be no need for a temple. There will be no need for a tabernacle. There will be no need for a church building. Not in that heavenly city. Because there will be no distinguishing between the sacred and the secular. Does that make sense this morning? Church, I, I hate to break it to you, but there's so much secular inside our sacred Everything, everything, and every person in heaven will be holy. Will be holy. Every saint will not merely be a stone. Look at this. This is what he talks about to the church of Philadelphia. Your stones on earth here. Stones. I wish right now, well, you know, I'm not going to, I wish right now you could come and distinguish between what this weighs and what this weighs. This weighs a lot more than this does, doesn't it, Randy? Randy, help me move it this morning. We talk about stones as something that could be thrown around, moved around. But when you talk about a pillar, you talk about something immovable, something that's going to hold something up, something that is a permanent part of the structure of a building. We are going to be pillars in the temple of God. We will then forever be secure in our relationship with him and in our status in heaven. Sin can no longer present itself. Wow, think about it, church. It's throwing itself at us all day, every day right now. I don't know about you, but every once in a while, I just get worn out with how much sin's throwing itself at us. Sin can no longer present itself. And the enemy now has no opportunity to offer you temptation, shame, or guilt. Some of you are struggling on a daily basis with the shame or the guilt that the enemy continues to throw in your face over sins that God has already forgiven. East from the west, further than the depths of the sea. It's going to be gone. It's a big deal. Heaven's not just pearly gates and golden streets. We're talking about peace that's beyond all understanding. No more parting with friends. I miss some people. You miss some people? I miss, it's, that's all right, isn't it? You get around these holy people like, oh, we know they're in heaven. Shut up. <laughs> I miss them. I miss them. Is that okay? It's okay. There's a reason there's supposed to be a longing. I think that some people, uh, man, I think this is good. I, I really do. There are people that had already given their lives to Christ they had, they, were, they had their salvation. They were fully assured that they were going to heaven. And if you would have told them, hey, would you be willing to die if it meant all your loved ones got to heaven? They go, oh, I've been living my whole life that way. I wonder how many times that perhaps the thought of being able to be reunited with a husband or a wife or a child or, or a parent has, has urged someone to say, I've got to find Jesus. Because I want to be with them again. He put that in us. No parting with friends. 
and no more engagement with the enemy. Man, church, if you're in it today, you're excited about that, about the fact that the war will be over. And in the, in the end, one name will matter. Not Christ and Christian Union, not Capital City, not Hope Central, not Grace Ministries, not Lighthouse, not Del Rey, not Brookside even. David will beat up on David a little bit there. Not Reeb Avenue. It will be the name of Jesus. It will be written upon our souls. It will be written upon our souls. And you know what, guys? I, you do what you want to do. I, I, I just, I'll probably never have a tattoo. Is that okay? I'm not going to beat you up because you have one. I, I just, I'm not going to do it. I, but I'm serious as can be. When I get to heaven, I want to look down at my arm and I want to see Jesus' name written there. Isn't that awesome? I hope it's the first and last tattoo I ever get. The name of Jesus written on my soul. It is the name at which every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Jesus Christ, King of kings, Lord of lords, name above all names, and we will spend forever with him. And with each other. I like some of you. I'll, I'll keep hanging out with you for eternity. That sounds all right. Look, Jacob did a great job with his testimony, and I know I could have taken time and said, hey, we're going to get together, and we're going to change this and paint that. And do, look, look, I wanted anybody who's here, to, and if you're a guest here today, and you're like, what in the world did I walk into? It's just, just a bunch of church people getting together. Like, come be a part of us. Like, fill out a connection card, and we'll, we'll get you in the party here. But I thought maybe we should talk about the name of Jesus about the name of Jesus, that everyone that came into this building would know that's our business. Jacob talked about the same spirit being in Hope Central is here. And it's easy to do. If, you, if you're struggling to get along with somebody, what if you both just ran after Jesus as hard as you could? Sooner or later, you'll find out your relationship just gets a little bit better and things get a little bit easier. But until that day comes, our business is about filling the realms of heaven with souls that were previously destined for hell. So as we come together, I'm sure the path to unity and successfully spreading the gospel will be to focus on just those things, unity and successfully spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ, bringing two churches together. And at this point, the word, the number two is so ridiculous. It doesn't matter how many there are. We're Christians. We are one in him. I hope others hear that story. I hope I get to tell you a month from now that another church wants to be a part of what we're doing. Because I believe that God has ordained this property, this building, the prayer life of this church to grow and reach the southern end of Columbus, Ohio. And I believe as, I believe as individuals get on their knees before God and cry out to be filled with his spirit that they will be drawn unto this place if we keep lifting him up. But bringing churches together means we're going to have to move stuff. Do you all notice it's a little full, like Cap City people from last week. Do you notice there's more people here? Jacob did a great job with the seat theology. I mean, that was fantastic. He hit it out of the park. We have more seats we can put out. Don't worry about it getting too crowded. But we're going to be packed everywhere. What a cool thing. Remember a few weeks ago I said we are never, ever, ever going to complain about a church being too crowded. Every other area of the world is crowded and churches have empty seats everywhere. We want to pack this place till it's busting at the seams. Amen. 
but it's going to mean we'll have to move some stuff. We're going to have to clean some stuff. We're going to have to try some stuff. We're going to have to quit some stuff, and it's all going to be okay. Because before you get too discontent, I tried to think of the nicest way I could go with it. Before you get too discontent with it, just say, Jesus, who should I be leading, who should I be leading to, to Christ? Who should I be sharing the gospel message with? We get so preoccupied with the secular stuff that's reached the sacred, that's got into the sacred, and we haven't given time to the, the weightier matters, the idea of sharing our faith, about having deep investments in our community and making sure people can find Jesus. I had this thought just as Jacob was talking, and, and he's right. I, I know most of these Hope Central people, I don't know them all because a lot of people have come in under Jacob's ministry. <laughs> but this is just Hope Central people. You can either plug your ears or you can kind of smile and laugh when I say this. Cap City people, if Hope Central is trying to, if the people that came over from Hope Central come up with an idea or try to move something or do something, and you're, oh, I don't, I don't know if I want to move that. You'd be like, yeah, you're right. I mean, I just gave up my whole church to come over here. Just bringing a little perspective. I know it's kind of funny, and somebody goes, oh, that's not a funny joke, Pastor, but I'm being as serious as I can be. There are a group of individuals that are selling their property so that the mortgage can be paid off here, so that we can move the ministry forward on, on Rathmel Road and wherever else God calls us. We're going to be flexible. We're going to be unified. We're going to seek the will of the Father. Here's a litmus test I came up with this week. You get in a disagreement with somebody. I'm not trying to say we're going to have to be quarrelsome or fight. This will just work with you anywhere in life. You get into a disagreement with somebody. Me and Randy, we've never disagree about anything except I just remember my story about Randy and how we were going to trade him to another church for a couple foot long subs. <laughs> I really thought that's what you said. I got the story wrong. If you want to hear a funny joke, I'll tell it to you over time. If you find yourself in disagreement with someone, What if we stopped? It says, does this have anything to do with whether or not more souls get into heaven? And if it doesn't, we have leaders that we've put in place over different ideas in the church, right? Scott and Tara over children's, and, and, and we have trustees, right? It, 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 let's trust those leaders, Right? I mean, it's that easy, because if not, it might mean there's a quarrelsome spirit inside of us that just wants to fight, wants to do things a different way, wants it their way. But church, I hope within the church, I, I would like for there to be somewhere a very, very strong disagreement between two people because somebody's, because we're not doing what it takes to reach people with the gospel message of Jesus Christ. I haven't heard that fight ever in my ministry. There's been music talk, there's been carpet talk, there's been paint, and nobody's going, well, I think this will win more souls. I think this will bring in more people. It'll be like, well, that's what my daddy's church, and that's what my grandpa's church look like, and that's what makes me feel good. It's too late in the game. I gave you a passage from Revelation to say what's happening here today is what heaven is going to look like. And I know we are avoiding the word merger, but heaven is going to be the greatest church merger that ever takes place.
And every single time we have an opportunity to increase the fellowship we have with more Christians. Gang, I'll just tell you, this week, Alice and I, I mean, our kids are in public school, and there's public school people and private school people and homeschool people, and everybody's doing what they think is best. We just pulled our kids off the school bus because the language from the fifth graders was so bad. We called supervisors, we called administration, and they said, yeah, it'll probably get worse. That was their response. We gotta get people in church. We've gotta show the communities around us that we're coming together, that we're on each other's side, because if we're not on each other's side, we can't go help them. I'm gonna invite the team to come. I said more than I meant to. I took longer than I told Jacob I would. I cheated, I broke the rules. Uh, it is hard. You, you guys have any idea? Like, as they're coming, since I have to fill 30 seconds here, <laughs> you can know, you know, people, probably, uh, Jacob, and, like, I'll just, I, like, I'm, you guys have got by this point that I'm pretty transparent, and I just kind of put it out there, and open. Uh, Jacob and Jonathan are up to some kind of trick. They're selling their dad's church. They're going to do this. I, I don't know what trick y'all think we're up to. I think I could speak for Jacob and say there wasn't a harder decision he and I have ever had to make in our life. It wasn't our decision. There was boards, there's congregations involved, that type of thing. But it, it, it wasn't some like, it didn't go without emotion. It didn't go without thought. It didn't go without prayer. This idea of just moving away from things, I know it's not easy stuff. And just about everybody in this building has been a part of that in one way or another in their church life somewhere along the way. as I was standing there singing this morning I thought about a, being a pillar in the temple of God and God gave me this vision of this room being full of pillars because that's what you are that's, where, that's your destiny is to be a pillar in the temple of God I thought man that's going to be a temple that's going to be a big awesome place it's going to be firm we're not going to have to worry about the leak in the roof we're gonna have to worry about the carpet being stained. It's gonna be a strong house filled with the souls that Jesus gave his life for. And we're all gonna be there together. And every Sunday, every Wednesday, every activity I can be at where I can be with you all, I, you can rest assured with this size of a congregation and a continuation of growth, it's gonna take me a long time to figure out everybody's name. It's gonna take Jacob even longer. Maybe that means he'll get more grace. That's what I was trying to do for him. But man, lately my thought's just been, I, I want to be with God's people. World, the world wears us out. There's so much sin. The enemy's always on our back. Man, I just want to be with God's people. I woke up, I, I woke, woke up, walked in this morning, and I shook Hank's hand, and I just thought, I've been studying the Bible with Hank the last couple weeks. I thought, man, what a great brother to have in Christ. All the rest of you are good too, but I like Hank. <laughs> I want to be with more Hanks. <laughs> I want to be with God's people, whatever that looks like. The song they're going to sing this morning is, is called The Blessing. And just so you all know, Jacob alluded to this. And what has been a typical practice before I came to the church would be during the worship service, we would allow some pastors or have some pastors stand up here. And if you wanted prayer for specific things, you could come and you could walk straight towards the pastor so that they know you wanted some prayer. We also know that altars are difficult to kneel at and you can stand and pray, sit and pray. Everybody coming over for Hope Central, you, you know, most of you know me enough to know that my heart is for prayer and that 
these old altars are always open and that's always appropriate. But what we're gonna do during this last song, we'll move some stuff around until we figure it out and figure out what we think is working the best and try to follow the spirit in any given service. But this song talks about wanting to see God's blessing for generations to come. And if that's what you wanna see for the legacy of Brown Road Community Church and Hope Central and Delray and Lighthouse Ministries and Grace Ministries and Reeve Avenue 3CU and Cap City Church and any other church that might be part of your history, let's make sure that the most important legacy that we are focused on is the legacy of Christ Jesus. So I'm gonna ask you to stand. I'm gonna invite Pastor David and Pastor Ed and Pastor Deb and Pastor Jacob. They're gonna come and they're gonna man and woman the altars for us. And just like any other time, if you just if you feel led to pray with a pastor this morning, you can walk right up to him. But there's a lot of people in here. It should be really easy to fill these altars and just pray this prayer. God, will you open my eyes? to what you need me to do, what you need us to do to reach the generations to come. If you know you're already gonna be there one day, and I'm talking about heaven, ask God what it's going to take to see all your babies and all your grandbabies and all your great grandbabies to be there. And then make that your goal as you move forward. Church, we're just getting started. Father, we thank you this morning for your spirit that is evident in this place. We pray that we would do nothing to hinder you. But Lord, during this time of response, God, during this time of prayer and worship, God, that you would galvanize this coming together of souls. Lord, we know it's your will. It's always gonna be your will when people come together. So Lord, help us to grow in patience and understanding and teamwork and all the things that you taught us to be when you described the fruits of the Spirit and spoke on the Sermon of the Mount. Help us to be like you. I'm sure if we all make that our goal, we're just going to continue to see souls multiplied for you. Help us to be faithful in Jesus' name.
For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son for you. That if anybody, doesn't matter what you've done, where you've been, how much you think you've messed it up, you go read the Bible, he'll probably want to do more with you than he did with the rest of us. He is for you. If you didn't find anything else today, know that Jesus Christ, regardless of any picture that's been painted for you by other people or other Christians or other churches, Jesus Christ, if you see any version of him that is not for you, it's the wrong version. Jesus Christ is for you. Oh, wow, church, what a great place to be today. Um, I know you all have jobs and classes and different things, but I really hope next Sunday gets here pretty soon. I'm excited to be here back with you again. Uh, I'm going to let you go ahead and have a seat. I, I don't expect the Spirit of God to be lifted from this place if this group of people coming together will stay on their knees. If they'll be sincere when they nail, kneel daily in prayer to confess their sins so that they can be cleansed from their unrighteousness. Because as we turn, he's going to continue to turn his face towards us. And as we see repentance come from different individuals and all throughout this place, he will continue to send revival on his people. Yes, he will. Yeah. Um, I think my father used to say, well, I'm really not sure what I should do right now. And then usually he'd say something like, we should probably take up an offering. Um, <laughs> We, so we are going to invite our ushers forward to uh, take up an offering. And um, if you're from Hope Central, they probably told you this as you were kind of headed this way. But Hope Central, continue to give online however you're giving online. You can make a check out to Hope Central or you can give cash in an envelope and write Hope Central in big letters on the outside of the envelope. And uh, just, I always like to be clear, like we don't want to, we always want to send a clear message about what's happening with your money. Um, for right now... I hope you all get this was like, like the Holy Spirit moved. We said, hey, let's start worshiping together. We got all kinds of stuff to figure out. And so one of them is we're still selling a building and paying utilities over there and maintenance and those types of things. So for a minute, to make life easier, we're just going to continue to use our separate bank accounts. And the day that we stop doing that and start putting them together, it's, it's not any kind of strategy or agenda. It just takes work, and we want to make sure we do it right and that nothing gets lost in the mix. So... Um, if you just give the way you have been, but again, on those envelopes, we have people from, that came over from Hope Central that are going to be back with our counters, learning how we count money, doing everything together um, with, I, I hate to put a goal out there for myself in case I don't get to it, but we're really trying to make everything kind of be done by January 1st to make it easy for everybody. So really appreciate you being flexible, Hope Central crew, and just uh, getting, getting through these next couple months as we try to assimilate some of those things. Let me bless the offering. And then I, I do want to share a couple things with you before we leave. Father, we thank you uh, that you give in ways that are so far beyond monetary or physical resources. Um, certainly those are perhaps the least amount of things, Lord. So help us to continue to seek your kingdom and to support your kingdom by continuing to return money uh, and resources back to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, so, um, I, I, I've got, uh, we've got the, we've got the, um, sorry, we, we've got a, a, an announcement video that we don't have this week, 
Um, for those that are new, a lot of times we utilize an announcement video. Sometimes we don't just because of what the flow of the service is going to look like or maybe some unknowns that, that we're not sure of. Um, but it really is a big, big deal to me to help everybody feel very, very comfortable in this transition as quickly as possible. Um, and so I want to make sure that we're just pointing out to you where you can get information. We're in the middle at Cap City of changing a lot of the ways that we do that. But if you grabbed a bulletin, they're at the Welcome Center. Uh, there's some kind of throughout the foyer. We're going to try to streamline more information to, the, to those areas. But the, uh, on the front of the bulletin there, there's a QR code. If you're used to scanning stuff with your phone, that will take you to a connection card that lets you fill out information if you're a visitor or just want to make sure we have your information. Um, and then it also get, takes you to a link where you can put in a prayer request. And if you, if you put that prayer request in, we have people every Tuesday morning, Wednesday night, and then throughout the week that pray over that prayer list. And you can become part of those ministries if you're interested um, as well. And so a lot of times you'll see these things in the announcement video, but we'll try to put it in writing in case you missed the announcement video. Um, we also have a lot of information that's available at the Welcome Center. And you can know I will never, ever take this long on announcements, but I really want to make sure you're all with us. Um, Tom, I was probably supposed to say goodbye to the online crowd. If you did it on your own, we're all good. So if you're watching online, uh, we've got a lot going on. We're going to talk for a couple minutes. So uh, we'll say goodbye, and we really